Will you please take a hymn book and join with me? It's hymn number 110. And we're going to stand together and sing A Mighty Fortress is Our God as the family enters. Please stand, hymn number 110. We'll sing all four verses.
may be seated. We welcome you this afternoon as we come to praise Jesus Christ and to thank God that we have hope in this day because of the grace of God, but we also come to celebrate and to thank God for Mr. Michael Bailey McCartney. I'm Pastor Harvey Beck. I've pastored here for six years, uh, and I'll share just a few words. And, uh, but let me open with, with a couple of scriptures and remind you that in dying, Jesus Christ restored our death. But in rising from the dead, Christ restored our life. Jesus Christ will come again in glory. As in baptism, as Michael McCartney put on Christ, so in Christ may Mike be clothed with glory. Here and now, dear friends, we are God's children. What we shall be has not yet been fully revealed, but we know that when Jesus appears, we shall be likened unto him, but we shall see him as he is. And those who have this hope purify themselves as Christ is pure. In John the 11th chapter, Jesus made one of his famous I am statements as his friend Lazarus had passed away and he was ministering to the family. And Jesus reminded them and he reminds us today when he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus also told us in the book of Revelation, he said, I'm Alpha and I'm Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. I'm the first and I'm the last. Jesus said, I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of hell and death because I live, you shall live also. So friends, as we gather here to praise God and to witness to our faith as we celebrate the life of Mike McCartney. We come together in grief, even though he has been sick for a while, but we still come together in grief for, for, for Mike and Michael and for Carol and for Tim and still dad. And uh, so we come together and we realize that we do grieve, um, but in the midst of that, we know that God grants us grace, that even in pain, we may find comfort. And even though we have sorrow because of Jesus Christ, we have hope. And even though we accept the reality of death, we also know the truth of his resurrection. And so we praise God today for that. Again, I was here for six years. Uh, during that time, um, I came, met Mr. McCartney. In fact, one of the Sundays, they usually sat right back there and he introduced himself and said, uh, Brother Beck, I'm Mike McCartney. I said, yes, sir, I know you. I grew up around here. So I grew up in this county. I knew the McCartney construction name and so forth. And uh, from that time on, he and I connected with each other. We, we liked each other. But it also helped that I was an Alabama, I'm an Auburn fan, excuse me, I almost messed that up. <laughs> now, he, uh, he had heard my story, and I told him why I became an Auburn fan in the midst of a family that are all, my dad, mom, all of them, all Alabama fans. I won't tell the story, but anyway, he liked it, and, uh, and he has blessed me, and, and I'm grateful and thankful. I was also here when his wife, Jane, passed away, and I helped with her service along with um, Brother Williams and Wayne Hall as they shared as well. Now, if you'll recall, some of you that were here, we were in the chapel down at Far Cemetery, where we'll have the bereavement and all, and she was wanted to have her service in that chapel. If you remember, it was February. In fact, I've got I pulled my notes and everything that I keep, and uh, she was buried on February the 16th, 2013. There is no heat, and so it was very cold. We were packed in there, and then Tim shared with me that his dad really wanted to have it in that chapel, 
But I want to thank y'all, and we want to thank them that we have air conditioning in here. So uh, praise the Lord for that. You'll notice that there are two scriptures in your bulletin. They were also in Ms. McCartney's uh, bulletin, and uh, I'm going to make reference to both of them, and I'm going to read one of those right now out of Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known and have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you're an Auburn fan, you notice that reference to wings of eagles. Now, I doubt that Isaiah was either an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan, and I know he wasn't a Georgia fan, and I know he wasn't a Tennessee fan. <laughs> but this is a truth, and this is a scripture that they loved, and many of us have that hanging on our walls, perhaps, that they shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Again, because I grew up here, Mr. McCartney knew my dad, um, my mom and dad, and had connections there. Um, I know that there are probably other stories shared, but Mr. McCartney was very kind to me and my son and my family. And I want to share just a couple of things. Uh, our son passed away uh, three and a half years ago. He died on December the 14th, 2018. We had moved away, but Mr. McCartney would call me from time to time and ask me how's Dave doing. And uh, during that time, our son was on dialysis. He passed away, he was 34 years old. He was on dialysis while I was here for five and a half years and then on hospice care. And, but during that time, Dave was mobile and we'd get him back and forth to dialysis. He was in a wheelchair. And, and so when uh, Mr. McCartney would call me, he said, we're hiring a new basketball coach, some guy named Bruce Pearl. I don't know if you know him or not. But he invited me and Dave to come meet you and uh, I rode Dave in the wheelchair. I would have never had that experience if I hadn't, he hadn't been reached out and been kind to me and my son and I appreciate it. Jay Jacobs, I had lunch one day with Jay Jacobs. Me and Jay talked about the Holy Spirit and God's call on my life. He wanted to know about how God called me to preach. I would have never had that experience if it hadn't been for the kindness of Mr. McCartney and I'm grateful for that. Um, another thing that happened, um, Mr. McCartney said, hey, if Dave's able, I want to bring he and his wife, our daughter-in-law Jamie, to a football game. I said, I, you know, I said, now he's in a wheelchair. He said, we've got it covered. I'll have somebody bring a golf cart. Uh, we'll pick Dave up. And, man, it was all just like that. We got him up there to the ball game. And uh, I still have that picture of my wife and I and my son and his wife. And it's in my bedroom. I see it every day. So, again, if it had not been for the kindness of Mr. McCartney, that experience would have never happened. Our daughter-in-law had never been to a college ball game at all. And so, uh, Carol, I had asked her um, and um, Laura, I'm sorry, Laura did that day because I told Laura, my daughter-in-law, the other day, said, that lady that came out and let me experience the whole game because we were up in the box seats. And so she said, let's go out. I want to experience the whole thing. So she got us in right up behind the band. And none of that experience would have happened if it hadn't been for the kindness of Mr. McCartney. So I'm indeed grateful. I'll stop there. I want to share just a moment that I had with he and Jane when I first came here. And this is going back in... 2012. Jane had been ill for some time. Her thought, her memory was gone. I had visited her a couple of times. And then as we do, our church, we took communion. 
We took communion to those that were shut in or homebound, and I went up to Cherry Laurel Road, and y'all know that, you grew up there, 653 Cherry Laurel Road, and I told Mr. McCartney I was coming, so he left work, and he came, and I shared communion with him. And you know, for a moment, just for a moment, when I shared the liturgy of the scripture and that Jesus died on the cross for us, he gave us his body and his blood. And, and when we got the cup ready and, and she took the cup and Mike took the cup and we were in their den, and she ate that bread, there was just that, that moment of the cross. It was this moment of this makes sense. So I just share that with you, remind you that we have hope in this day because of the cross of Jesus Christ. There's something about the breaking of the bread, the cup and the bread that gives us clarity in all of life. Because we'll all be at the same place that Mr. McCartney is at, I will too. We know it's appointed and a man wants to die and after this the judgment. But the cross, wherever we're at and wherever we're in our life, the cross always brings us back and makes everything clearer just like it did for Jane that day. So again, I'm grateful and thankful for that moment that reminds us of what the 23rd Psalm is all about. The Lord is my shepherd. Most important word in the 23rd Psalm is the word my. When you can read it, and he's, he's my shepherd. I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And as King David said, we too, when we come to the cross, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So even though we have a tear of sorrow, we have a tear of joy because we know that Jesus is the shepherd and the cross is still real. And when we have it, we know we can go home. Will you join with me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we praise you today and love you and thank you. I ask you to bless Tim and Michael and Carol. Holy Spirit, just bless them and their whole family as they celebrate their dad's life. And again, thank you, God, for the cross that gives us clarity in all things. For we praise your holy name and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. This time I'll go ahead and ask, and I wanted to go ahead before Brother Wayne Hall comes that uh, you probably received an, an insert were handed out to you, the church in the wild wood, and so as soon as he gets through singing, we're going to sing that song, a favorite song of Mr. McCartney's, the church in the wild wood, but uh, Brother Wayne Hall. I thought he'd ask me to lead the singing. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Didn't sign up for that. But uh, how do you, you know, the last time I was here 19 years ago, at Mrs. Jean's, Jane, excuse me, Miss Jane's funeral, and uh, when they told me we we're going to do the, the same thing again, and then I heard, my friend Bobby couldn't come because he got emotional. But, you know, it just uh, left me on kind of an island. But, you know, to, to be able to sit here and eulogize a man that was so good to so many folks. And, you know, he, uh, he was... Uh, he was quite a guy, but you know, 
doing a eulogy for him is not like doing a eulogy for Ms. Jean, Ms. Jane, excuse me, I won't say it again, Ms. Jane, but, you know, we all talked about how sweet she was and how sweet she was always kind and gentle. And, you know, Mike had a few other personalities that didn't exactly, <laughs> didn't exactly, weren't exactly the same as, as Jane. So, you know, he was, he was different in his own way, but he was always a man of a good spirit and kindness. And uh, regardless of where you were, if you were his friend, you were his friend. And that was, that was what it was. And, uh, you know, I, I'd look back, you know, I, I, Rob Wellbaum sent, sent me a copy of all he'd done for Auburn. And I was, I looked at it and it was so intimidating. I said, there's no way to read this because there's uh, all the things he's given and all the things he's done at Auburn and for Auburn Engineering, Auburn Athletics, were just a small part of what he did for everybody else, for his friends and family. And so I'm not gonna dwell a lot on that, but dwell on what he did for people. And, uh, and, I, and I can think back, and I, I asked him one time, I was talking to Tim, I said, tell me about how y'all's company started. He said, well, my grandfather started it in a pickup truck with a pick and a shovel in the back doing sidewalks in Gadsden, Alabama. And you know, it's funny because I can remember talking to Miller Gorey probably 15, probably 20 years ago now. And I asked Miller Gorey, I said, how did you start Brasville Gorey? And he said, I started it with a pickup truck. And the only thing he had, he had a wheelbarrow. But, you know, but here's two men out of the same cloth, the same, same cloth. They came together, built great businesses, and, uh, and had the same passions for Auburn, but also for people. And uh, like I said, the... I have no idea, I, until I read it in eulogy, I thought he'd been on the Board of Trustees forever. But he was on the Board of Trustees at Auburn for 14 years. And, and what he did at that point, you know, there's, there's some things that a lot of people like to take credit for, okay? But I want to set something straight, you know, because Coach Dye always wanted to say he brought the Auburn-Alabama game to Auburn. And there's two people there was two people that came together. It was Bobby and Mr. Mike. And they went to Birmingham and met with people from the University of Alabama. And they said, there's no way we're coming to Auburn. And, and I'm just going to tell you, I hate to burst the bubble. Coach Dye did not want this to happen. But Bobby and Mike said, we're going to be in Auburn. And if you don't come, you're going to forfeit, and that's it. We'll play one game in Auburn. We'll play two games in Tuscaloosa, I mean, in, in Birmingham. And then from then on, from then on, we're going to play at home and home. And I can never forget that first game we played there. 
there's no way we should win. But I walked out there and there's there's 100,000 people inside, 100,000 people outside. But it brought a new life to Auburn. The visionaries, two men, stood strong in the face of all adversity and said there's no way that we're going to be intimidated anymore. And so one's still here, the other one's passed, but his spirit is still with us and will linger forever. You know, the other things that he's done, um, he loved athletics and engineering right there together. You know, they both had, he had a passion for engineering. And I, I was looking at that list of gifts. I said, engineering, 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 engineering. And I was just, I said, boy, he, he had a passion. But the passion is what, well, he was just trying to give back a little bit of what he received at Auburn. What he received there gave him the ability to take this paving company and construction company to a whole different level. And he was just trying to give back a little bit of what he'd gotten out of it. And uh, in one short, a short story, one of the great things that y'all did is he set up a Mike McCartney scholarship fund. And I just want you to know the first recipient of the Mike McCartney Scholarship is sitting right back here, Dr. Buzz Popple. He's now in charge of the asphalt testing site in Auburn. He travels around the country doing asphalt paving and asphalt testing for all, a bunch of states. And, and he is... Uh, I guess my biggest tie to him is he is my partner. He and I work prison ministry together, and he's a great man of God. And, uh, but, but that, and he told me, he said, Mike McCartney, scholarship fund changed my life. So there's so many people like that that he touched. And uh, then it came when we, I was sitting there, and, and Chet Williams came to be the, chaplain at Auburn University, but they forgot something when they hired him. They forgot to pay him. And so I went over to his house, and he was in a rental house. He had a worn-out van. The tires had the steel sticking out the side. And I said, we got to do something about this. Well, they're only paying me this much. You know, I want to buy pizza for the kids and that stuff. And, yeah, I used a lot of my salary try to do that. I said, well, we'll fix this. So I, who did I call? Mike. I said, Mike, we got to do something. And so he got together and we sat down and started Chet Williams Ministries. And that was the beginning of, of the Chet Williams Ministry and how the FCA kind of blossomed at Auburn University under Chet's leadership. And, and gave him an opportunity to be able to prosper and still live and today, because of that, you know, he's, he's still benefiting today because of that decision that Mike made to step in and to step in with us and a couple others and form that, that organization. So he didn't just love engineering, his passion for God and for sharing the gospel with young men on campus was equal with engineering and athletics. You know, 
There's a lot of things they did. The worst thing I think that Bobby and Mike did was talking me into staying and coaching with Terry Bowden. <laughs> I still haven't forgiven him for that. <laughs> but when we moved on because after that I took on a, you know, it, it, I took on a whole nother career and have been blessed. Me and my wife, Christy, have been blessed beyond means. But our relationship with Mike, it's, you know, it was so, you know, I'm coming to town, I need a set of keys. I don't have keys to my house. Well, you go over and turn the heat up. How hot you want it? 80. <laughs> you know, and uh, I've, I've got a problem. You know, every, you know, every, every time I'm coming to town, I need, I need, and I always laughed. I said it was, there's a tree down, there's a limb down. And, and, and I'm going to miss that call. I'm going to miss it. Because every time I came down, we'd eat dinner, share, talk about how proud he was of his family, all those people. And most of all, his pride in Auburn. And not, like I said, not just athletics, not just engineering, but the people there. And I just, I've been blessed. My family's been blessed. Auburn's been blessed. Gadsden's been blessed by Mark McCartney. I read this verse. It's Miss Jane's funeral. And they always say, what are they saying in heaven? In the book of Revelations, that tells us, John says, then I looked around and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the numbers of them and the myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands of people that had come to Christ. And they were saying in a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessings. And every created thing, every created thing is like Jesus walked by and somebody's, when he's coming to Jerusalem, they said, stop telling them to call you, for calling you Messiah. And he says, if I tell them to stop, the rocks will cry out. The rocks will cry out. So when I... When I say, when it says this, it says, all of creation, the rocks will cry out. The whole earth is going to cry out. All created things which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, the fish, the birds, the deer, the cows, and all things in them, I've heard say to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped him. Amen. God bless the McCartney family. And when you come to Auburn, you need a key. I'm a baby. If you would take the insert that you received, and this was a favorite song of his, uh, so I'm going to ask you to stand together and sing The Church in the Wildwood. We'll sing all four verses.
seated. Could you join me in a, in, a, in a prayer, please? Father, we come and we gather together. We thank you for this opportunity, Father. I know in your scriptures you says, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? It's been swallowed up. But Father, you deserve all the praise and you deserve all the victory. And we believe in this church 
absent from the body, present with the Lord. And we know where Big Mike is at right now. So in these next few moments, Father, we pray you comfort us. Uh, be with us. Be with the family in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come. We love you, Father. And we thank you that you first loved us. And you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Mike is what I would call him. And uh, 24 years ago, I met Mike McCartney through Wayne Hall and through Bobby Louder. And that was my board of directors. And so uh, got to know Big Mike pretty well. And uh, he served 14 years as Auburn's trustee. Uh, he was the founding director and later uh, president of Tigers Unlimited Foundation. And of course, he was heavily marked, uh, sure of uh, the College of Engineering and its students. He had everything needed, and they had everything that they need for uh, a world-class education. In 1957, uh, he graduated from Auburn. He went to work with his family in the McCartney Construction Company in the early 1960s. And he led that company to business performances as well as gaining international fame in the fields of asphalt engineering and road construction. Many people, they strive to see their names in light, but not Mike McCartney, who felt the real light came from having a listening, a lasting legacy. As I look around this room, I see men and women who have lasting legacies, and money can't buy that. And I felt that's what Mike wanted more than anything. In the early 1960s, the lead that he led the company to business performances as well as gaining international fame uh, in the fields of asphalt engineering and road construction. As I mentioned earlier, many people were striving to see their names in the light, but not Mike, who felt the real light came from leaving and lasting legacy above others. Since his, seeing his name in lights eventually came, not as an offshoot, as a result of his desire to improve the lives of other people at Auburn, Auburn students, Auburn athletes, and the Auburn community. He has honored, it is honored to have his name associated with places like the Auburn Atrium and the Neville Arena, uh, but felt more uh, rewarded at knowing that it was happening. Future generations built uh, and maintaining the lives of, of young people on that athletic campus. I had a, uh, I had a scripture I wanted to read and it's found in 1 Thessalonians. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I'm 58 years old. I've been the chaplain for Auburn for 24 years. Uh, I got a divorce six years ago, and Mike McCartney was on my board of directors. 
and he was board of directors. And I can remember him telling me, you need to sit down a year. It's, he didn't say it quite like that, but. <laughs> well, Wayne was right behind him. <laughs> so I stepped down for a whole year, and it was the best thing I ever done. The ministry has grown tremendously since then. And, um, but I, I, I said that to say that I've seen a lot of death in the last few years. Uh, two years ago, I lost my son. He was 19. Uh, he was shot and killed. Uh, Valentine's Day of this year, my mother of 88 years of age, she died. And then two months after that, my brother Quincy, who played football with me, Mr. Louder, uh, he passed away uh, two months ago. So I've seen death, and I know death. And uh, this passage of scripture have always helped me, and I want to read it to the family, and I want you guys to. Uh, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 13, it says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest of the people grieve, who have no hope. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through us. For we say this to you, um, <clears throat> for we say this to you by a revelation from the Lord. We who are still alive at the right, we are still alive at the right Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. For the word himself will uh, descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still here alive, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, I encourage you, one another, with these words. And I, I leave you by just saying, when my mother died, it was like a celebration. I mean, it was a homegoing celebration. We celebrated my mom. I don't think tears even came out of my eyes. It was just maybe tears I'm going to miss her. But it was a celebration. And I know that Quincy, uh, I remember when we were younger, I remember Quincy gave his life to the Lord, but he, he sure lived like hell. <laughs> but, uh, but I know he, I know he, but it just wasn't the same because I eulogized both of them. And the two funerals were different, Pastor, if you know what I'm saying. I do know Quincy is with the Lord, but it was just different. And I want you to feel this way too. I know you've lost your daddy, your, sister, your brother, your uncle, your cousins, but we don't grieve like these who have no hope. Right. You have hope. Amen. You will see him once again, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. At your mom's funeral, there was a poem 
on the remembrance. I don't know if you remember that, but I saved all that. I'm going to read that, and then we'll stand together and share in the benediction. The title of it is called Remember Me. Fill not your hearts with pain and sorrow, but remember me in every tomorrow. Remember the joy, remember the laughter, the smiles. I've only gone to rest a little while. Although my leaving causes pain and grief, my, my going has eased my hurt and has given me relief. So dry your eyes and remember me, not as I am now, but as I used to be, because I will remember you all and look on you with a smile. Understand in your hearts, I've only gone to rest a little while. As long as I have the love of each of you, I can live my life in the hearts of all of you. Will you please stand and remain standing for the benediction and then following the benediction, I'll ask you to take your hymn book and you will turn to hymn number 159. And as the family is recessing out, you will be singing Lift High the Cross. So again, it is on page 159, Lift High the Cross. Will you join with me in prayer for the benediction? Eternal God, we praise you for your great company of all those who have finished their course in faith and now rest from their labor. God, we ask for your grace over this family. I especially lift up Tim and Michael and Carol as they say, see you later, Dad. We praise you, God, for those dear to us whom we name in our hearts before you, but we especially praise you and thank you, God, for Michael Bailey McCartney, whom you have graciously received into your presence. To all of these, God, grant your peace. And God, let perpetual light shine upon them and help us so to believe where we have not seen that your presence may lead us through our years and bring us at last with them to the joy of your home, not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. We pray all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and everyone said, Amen. And now as we recess out, if you will, turn to hymn number 159 and join together in the singing of Lift High the Cross. Mm -hmm. 